It's the Country 104.9 Mornings with Matt and Fatty podcast. There's a new record for a speeding fine in Manitoba. Caught in a construction zone faces a $2,700 fine. Holy crap. How fast? 161. Speed racing in Ontario was 50 over the limit. This guy was doing 50 over the 50 over the limit. He was speed racing to church, he says. Yeah, he needed his Lord fixing. Said I was late for church. Growing up in the church, I loved it when we were late. You had to sit there for less time. Okay. <laughs> you could have not gone? Well, had to go. You had to go. My dad was the minister. Oh, right. <laughs> That's right. You were the church. <laughs> but I don't recall ever thinking, gotta get there and speeding. Jesus, take the I wheel. Mean, that would have been a better excuse. I-, I told Jesus to take the wheel and he really wanted me to get to church. High-speed chase through Huron County last week. Police had to use a spike belt to stop them. They were in a stolen pickup truck, rammed an OPP cruiser, very reminiscent of the Grand Theft Auto video games. And we figured, hey, why not have a Huron County version of GTA? Local missions. You drive through any field near Dungannon and you have to avoid the wind turbines. Maybe you drive a tractor without a slow-moving vehicle sign. Risky. Speed through Auburn without falling off the road. Ooh, so curvy there. You could try driving through Bayfield without getting a contact high from the hipsters. Or driving through Exeter and not complain how long the town is? I don't think I could do that I one. couldn't do it. Or getting through the speed bumps in Carlo without losing a bumper? Extra points if you manage to go under 80 kilometers an hour. Don't do this in real life. I am a huge advocate of allowing your kids to follow their dreams. I think dreams are stupid. Do what everybody else is doing. So uh, my son, his dream was to find a Volkswagen camper van, fix it up, and live the van life. He's realizing his dream. And he is realizing that dream. And I'm super proud of him. He fixed this thing all up. Raising some money. He's going to go out and travel in this thing. Okay? To to be fair, when he first bought that van, I was skeptical because it was trashy is the word, maybe. And I was too. As a parent, I'm thinking, what's with these millennials and Gen Zers? They want to buy a van and live in it. He fixed it up nice and it looks beautiful now. Yeah. It's a good looking van, but he's now being a bad influence. Yes, because now number two, my daughter, she wants to buy a van. Don't call her number two. That's a different reference. She's my second oldest and she wants to buy a van now, so like a 70s-ish kind of van. Oh, he, he bought an 80s van. She wants a 70s she van. She wants to go way back to those sketchy looking vans with the little uh, window in the back, you know? The shagging wagons? Yeah, she likes those. She wants one of those. You just toss an old mattress in the back. <laughs> she wants to fix up one of those and I'm like, oh, Oh, it'll be just such a nightmare fixing that thing up and like the engine's probably bad and whatever. Like she want, So I'm okay with her doing that because I'm supportive of, of my son and I would be just as supportive of her. I just don't know if I want two kids living in vans. It's just reached the critical mass now where I'm not sure what I feel about this. You, you go to... Import, <laughs> two out of the three. Go to family functions and they're like, did you hear about Matt's kids? They're van people now. They're van people. But that's a thing right now, the right? These are van people. And it's a struggle for me because when I was their age, that was the joke. That was the joke where you hit your ultimate bottom was the whole Chris Farley thing. You amount to nothing. You're going to live in a van down by the river. Now it's the ultimate goal. So things have changed. But it's the ultimate goal because kids now, Gen Zers and millennials, don't make enough money to own real estate. The only real estate we could own is the ones on wheels. So it's very practical. So I encourage my daughter's dreams. It's just not good timing. She's in her second year university. And I'm like, well... I want you to do that, but you kind of have other priorities as far as your money. 
right now. You're always crapping on my dreams, Dad. No, yeah, but that's, yeah, you get a little you bit. You never of, believe in me. You get a little bit of that, and then, then you got to be realistic as parents. And I just had a thought. So your, your son has the van, mm. and the van's working. He could charge your daughter rent to live in the van. Genius. He could now become the baby boomer, the Sublet. property owner who's charging unreal rent. Nice. How much do you charge to live in a van? Like 200 bucks a month? <laughs> Not including utilities? <laughs> That'll be next. These millennials and Gen Zers will grow up and, and uh, sell these vans for huge amounts of money. The Gen Zers will complain that the millennials are charging them too high a rent for the vans. Yeah, that's what <laughs> <laughs> Like my issue with baby boomers, nice. My issue with millennials is what they're charging for vans. Millennials charge too much for vans. I'll never get a van. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau at an Arabian Nights-themed party back when he was a teacher. <laughs> He's 29 years old. Incomplete uh, brown face, you would say. He brown did, everything. He even did the hands. Face was brown, arms were brown. He was committed to this costume, he whatever, went, whatever the He case. was all in, dude. He was all into this costume. Insensitive, possibly even by 2001 standards. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember what it was like in 2001. Some people could make that argument, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, a lot of people ignore NDP leader Jagmeet Singh. He's, he appropriated white culture. A lot of people don't know. He attended a NASCAR event. Wow. That's appropriating. I'm pretty Pretty sure he was wearing a Travis Tritt t-shirt as well. Uh, wow. Elizabeth May, she appropriated British culture by messing up her hair, slurring her words, and impersonating Boris Johnson. Conservative leader Andrew Scheer, a lot of people don't know this, he appropriated brown culture by using cayenne pepper on his Uncle Ben's. What? Shame on him. My gosh. Doug Ford, he appropriated Huron County culture by wanting the market for cheaper beer. I totally get that one. I didn't even know Tim Hortons was selling a meatless burger. <laughs> Only a meatless burger. They didn't have burgers with meat in them. And I feel like the meatless burger was appropriating the culture of the meated burger. Right. And I feel triggered right now. And I feel like the meatless burgers need to apologize to the burgers with meat. Just like Justin Trudeau needs to apologize. Well, yeah. There's been some other Tim Hortons items that hit the chopping block before we even knew they had them. Like the Justin Trudeau brown face brownie. It was a delicious brownie, but Pic very culturally insensitive. Pictures of its surface last Last night and it's not looking good for Timmy's. When Justin Trudeau apologized last night as well, a reporter asked him, is there anything else racist in your past you want to tell us right now? He's like, yeah, and saying Dayo in blackface. There was an item at Tim Hortons. It used to have the Day-Old Donuts or the Day-Old Donuts. Yeah, very culturally insensitive. Yeah. Oh, dear. There's a lot of people talking about this this morning, though. Fatty, I'm worried you're going to break something around here. You had a little accident at the gym yesterday. Getting too jacked. The only explanation. No, I was at the gym. Piece of equipment while I was using it snapped and made a big bang and everybody looked over at Fatty and it just broke on Did me. you get like a slow clap or something? I wish I could say I was lifting so much weight. The machine couldn't handle me. That's how you should respond. I guess I must be too strong. Do a couple flexes and... Uh, guys, there's a machine over there that needs fixing. Hey, guys, that machine uh, over there is yeah. pretty broken, eh? It's pretty broken. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess I'm just too strong for the machine. Can't spell broken with a bro. Yeah. yeah. That's what I am. I'm a bro. Look like, at my gains. And everybody's like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> we hear you on the morning show. That's not how you sound. I'm just going to get back and uh, try and break some of them other machines. No. So I, I've lifted all the weight now at the gym. It's just I have to start finding other things to lift. I figured there's a couple tractors in the area, bales of hay, the whole courthouse, the whole town of Bayfield. We got this guy who runs our province named Premier Doug Ford. 
and he, he's been booed a couple times. We talked a couple months ago about how he cut funding for technology companies hours before he went to a tech conference, got booed naturally. Dude, he was booed at the Special Olympics, the, probably the most positive place on the planet. It is positivity <laughs> central at the Special yeah. Olympics, and they booed him. I'm surprised he still goes out into public, because it seems like everywhere he goes, it gets booed, including the plowing match. The international uh, plowing I, match. This uh, year's plowing match. It's up in northern Ontario this year in Werner. And farmers are so nice. And farmers are the nicest. They're even disappointed in our I premier. I mean, they'll talk trash behind your back, but to your face, <laughs> they're the nicest. Let's just say he got plowed over. He said, I'm so disappointed with Andrea Horvath and her team. They're absolutely classless to do that. He was blaming a group of NDP supporters. Like as if they brought a bus of booers. Cut so many impacted people's personal lives. He called Andrea Horvath, quote, absolutely classless. Yeah. They're absolutely classless to do that. The only thing that should be classless are the Ontario students. That's a political <sighs> joke because I canceled a bunch of yeah. classes. Talk about classless. Get it? Because students don't have... It's it's part of my policy. Because I canceled lots of classes. You'll get that joke on the drive home. But I did get a good plow in. So you got a farmer who moved from the country down to your street. You can tell the on time maybe looks a little bored because if you're used to farming and doing all that work, a lifestyle job like that, and then you retire, you need stuff to do. But there was this opportunity that came up for him to grow something again. The neighbor's lawn. And he jumped at it. There's a new home right across from them. And they just flattened out all the dirt, planted grass seed. He went over and offered, hey, can I help grow that lawn for you? I'm so, so bored. Let me grow your lawn. So he's been over there like clockwork, just moving the sprinklers around and tending to it. And honestly, he's doing such a good job. The streets never look so green. This grass has only been growing for a couple weeks. It's already like three inches high. It's nicer than your lawn. It is. Maybe you can come help me out with my lawn. Isn't that just so sweet? He gets to farm again. Maybe he can help me with my four plants in the back of my lawn. What kind of plants are they, Matt? The uh, legal kind? They're legal now. Zucchini. What do you do if there's a big bison on the road? Well, they call the police. Then the police come and they try and create some loud noises, do some flashing lights and sirens to scare it off the road. Or do what the police in Montana did, played ACDC's Hell's Bells. Nothing else worked. <laughs> Just bison did not like the hell's bells. That might work in Montana. This is Canada, though. You got to pull out the big guns. There's a cow on the road in Huron County. You got to pull out the Conway. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll get the cows off the road. I'm used to wearing but I'm always there you go. Oh, there it goes. Walking right off the road. Just like that, yeah. The cow actually starts to line dance off the road. Right back into Dungan and where it belongs. Yes. It was a busy summer in Huron County. During the long weekends, the number one charge by the police was for speeding. And there was a grandma. Where did this grandma do this? There's the, somewhere in the States. It was somewhere in the States. But she was, like any grandparent, worried about her grandkids. And people just speeding past their house. She grabbed a white hair dryer, made it look like an official speeding meter. And she got out of her lawn chair and just sat by the road, started pointing that 
hair dryer at cars. Now, word got back to the local police, and I thought they would arrest her for impersonating an officer. No, they praised her. They said, this grandma cares, and she's helping us out. So they gave her a plastic trooper hat and a sticker badge for the day. And they made her look more official. It reminded me of those decoy police cars that small towns put at the beginning of the town. You see that car coming up, and, and you slow down. They're like scarecrows for drivers. I always appreciate when someone tries to break a world record. But there was this pastor died after 30 days of fasting because he was trying to beat Jesus's record of 40 days. Was it Jesus wandered the desert? From yeah, him? he went out in the desert and Satan tempted him and he overcame and then he came back and started preaching. 40 days. Fair enough. Without the food. And the preacher was like... I can beat Jesus. I think I can beat that. So he went out on into the woods, didn't come back, <laughs> which is sad. Why would you try and compete with Jesus? I can't compete with that. No, he's uh, he's God. What we're saying is don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the grocery store and get some water. I know. Picturing God and Jesus up above. Someone trying to beat your record again. Oh. Face palming like, dude, we did this for you. What don't they get about it is finished? You don't have to do this. God putting his hand on his shoulder when he gets up to heaven. It's like, oh, buddy. Dude, like A for effort, but come on. Nice try. You know what? I'll, I'll get you another book. <laughs> put some sticky notes in the important sections. You reread it again and we'll have another talk. There was coffee madness in Halifax over the weekend. So 80% of the people were without power in the area. And so what do you do when you run out of power? and you can't make coffee. You quickly head to the local Tim Hortons or McDonald's or somewhere that does have coffee. Everyone did the same thing to the point where they were blocking the streets. The drive throughs some of them were 300 cars long. Holy crap. Blocking the streets where all the emergency vehicles had to get through to clear the streets of all the trees that were down. Even the premier chimed in and said, there's plenty of time for you to go get your coffee. Please stay at home today. You're blocking the roads. Now, you've seen this firsthand. I've seen this. You worked up in King Carden at a grocery store that rhymes with Moby's. And for some reason in King Carden, they lose power quite regularly. Or at least they used to when I was up there. At least five or six times a year, the power would be down. You'd show up for work. And people were in a panic. They'd quickly get in their car and rushed to the Tim Hortons. Now, you worked at the grocery store right next to this Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. And you said it was madness. People would be losing their damn minds. They need their coffee. And then they realize when they get there that, oh, Tim Hortons doesn't have a generator either. Oh, Tim Hortons is part of Kincardin, and Kincardin's without power. Thereby, Tim Hortons also does not have power. But people don't think that through. They just By the transit of property. They just assume. And there was this one little restaurant that had a generator or something, and old people would be lined up for their coffee there. Don't people realize you could boil water on your barbecue? Everyone has a barbecue. That's a good idea. Right? You need one of those fancy barbecues with a little kettle thing on. It though. And there was always one woman at the Sobeys who was like our saving grace. She'd go home and make these big pots of coffee on the barbecue and then bring them to all of us who were waiting for the power to go on. And how do we make her a saint? Uh, she was a saint. It's a nice thing to do. What was her name again? Oh, I should do a shout out to her. I can't remember her name. Let's say it's Cheryl. But I remember the coffee. You remember the taste of the yeah. coffee and how it made you feel. Yes. Very cool. Yes. So if the power goes out, don't flood the drive through Wait a couple days. You can mm-hmm. go a couple days without coffee. You said you get headaches and you puke. The only time my, my mother-in-law fed me a decaf coffee once, and I, she didn't tell me, and I got the worst headache to the point where I was throwing up and everything. You I haven't spoken my... to her in 12 years. I'm not addicted. Yeah. Yeah, you still haven't talked to her. 
You'll get over it one day. A lot of fake news articles going to go around ahead of the October 21st federal vote. It's important to not spread those things unless they're from reputable news sources. Like there's this article about conservative leader Andrew Scheer saying he's a pile of mashed potatoes that came to life. It's not true. It's not true. You see that article, don't share it. He was born in the usual way. Justin Trudeau isn't the guy for Mission Impossible movies. No, that's uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Nor is he Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. He's not? No. They look a lot alike. There's this meme going around that says Green Party leader Elizabeth May smokes as many trees as she plants. We don't know if it's true, but don't spread information you're unsure about. Jagmi Singh, he does not have a gourmet chef rat that makes good ratatouille in his turban. No, that's the movie Ratatouille. Yeah. A lot of misinformation. Just be an informed voter. Yesterday, we went up to Owen Sound and went to a big staff meeting there. It was getting to be a long day. And there was a couple parents who stood up at one point and said, I got to leave this meeting early, boss. I got to pick up the kids from school. Yeah. Oh, this is something you never get to pull, really, because you're a kidless adult. How many times in your life would you say you leveraged your kids to get out of a situation? I was having a boring conversation with somebody. I got to go pick up the kids. They're waiting for me. I forgot I left my son on the stove. And no, nobody ever disputes it. I was just waiting for it to happen. And then uh, Rod decided to stand up around 2 o'clock or so. Uh, so. Sorry, guys, I got to go get the kids. And then once it starts... Then other people realize, oh, I have kids. And then Brian Longmire, he got up and he's like, guys, I got to go pick up my kids. And then I got thinking, hey, I could do this, fatty. And that, But it didn't make sense for us because we still had a two-hour trip. So if I stood up at 2.30, people would have called me out on it. Wait a second. You won't get back till 4.30 or 5. And your kids are 17 years old and older. Yeah, and you don't have kids. We had to stay for the whole meeting, which was fun. Fatty could stand up and say, oh, I got to go feed the cats. Yeah, I left my cat's food bowl empty, and also they're lonely. But that didn't hold as much weight as... It didn't hold as much, and I got fired. Yeah. But then I got a lawyer appealed, and they rehired me. Oh, good. There we go. We've never been on a long road trip together. Driving up to Owen Sound. Yeah. From Goddard, Ontario. We had a good time in general in the car, but... uh, (laughs) does that mean? No, we had great conversations. <laughs> but there was one thing that drove me nuts is you had your GPS going. And if you missed the turn, you refused to backtrack. Even if we were an extra 10 minutes, you're like, no, I missed the road. Can't go back. GPS is already already has me on a new track. Yeah. Went an extra 10 minutes just because you were too stubborn to turn back. The mental gymnastics of betraying the GPS would have been harder than it was to actually <laughs> turn the wheel and go a different direction. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. You were grilling me the whole time. I, like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, like, dude, you can just turn around. It'll still be faster if we turn. Nope. But do you realize the GPS reroutes itself back if you turn around? Yeah, I know, but I don't want to make it do that. It's already working so hard for me. But to like turn around is admitting defeat. You're being ruled by robots. And you never admit defeat, especially not to Google Maps. Is that what it was? You're that stubborn? Yes. Wow. I'm driving next time. So we had this office meeting and then there's the question and answer period sometimes. We brought in a special speaker. He was answering questions. Very informative, but there was a few of us who asked questions, and then there was one guy who kept asking question and after it, question after boring question. Well, 
And it really made you realize that you saw those kids in school. Kid always putting their hand up. Uh, Mrs. Smith, I have a question. Uh, uh, I have another question about. Uh, I have an. Yeah, and the teacher pretends not to see you after a while. Yeah. <laughs> Even the teacher's kind of dying inside. Why don't you see me? I see you. You're annoying. But those kids grow up. They grow up to be very old men who, when you go to a conference, continue to ask questions. Which is okay. I mean, everyone should live their life asking questions. But you also have to have that sensitivity factor at an office meeting. Like, okay, let's look at the agenda here. Let's see how much time we have. Maybe I should limit my questions to one. Now, we bring this up because there is a gentleman, as we mentioned, asking a lot of questions, boring everybody else, dragging the meeting on. Well, I like some of his questions. I got a lot out of it. I was sleeping half the time. So I'm going to be on his side. I learned to sleep with my eyes open. But there was another guy at the meeting who was just fed up. And he, (laughs) I won't say what he said, but he told the guy in not so nice words to please stop talking. Could we just move on, please? Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was like that, but a little more aggressive. It was a little (laughs) rude. I would have, if that was me asking the questions, I would have felt a little hurt. He was the hero we needed that day. But he sort of voiced what other people were thinking. So there's always those two people at those meetings. Yeah, you need both of them. And we're not criticizing anybody who's curious. If you're curious, ask questions. It's what I do for a living as a reporter Mm -hmm. here. I ask questions for a living. It's a great thing to do and a great way to live. But if you're at a work meeting and the meeting is dragging (laughs) on and you're the only one left asking (laughs) questions and nobody else is, just have a little social awareness. And it's a room full of morning show hosts who got up at 4 (laughs) a.m. Drive two hours each way. Just realize when you're the last one asking questions and maybe just talk to the teacher after class, talk to your boss after work. Realize your coworkers are bored of your questions. Yeah. Just, just being sensitive all just around. Realize yeah. That. I just want kids to know that like those kids in school who are annoying and ask questions mm-hmm. like crazy, they do the same thing when they're adults. So nothing changes for grown-ups. You asked me who my favorite child was. And I can honestly say I don't have a favorite. I love them all equally. You have to say that out loud. No, I can't. Out of the three, none of them jump out as thinking, hmm, I like that one better. Okay, so none of your kids are special. They're all so different. I feel like you're all special in your own way. It's true. I think most parents would say that too. Of 2,000 adults surveyed, 34% said their favorite child is their pet. The pet. The pet. The dog or the cat. That's pretty high. Yeah, but I believe that. The dog doesn't complain that we had this for dinner last week. They're easier. The dog's not using your credit card for dating app purchases. That's true. The survey also found that 67% considered their pet to be their best friend, while 78% said that their dog or cat was considered an equal family member. What? Equal family member. That is some BS. I'm calling BS on the study right now. Because if your son breaks his wrist, You're not going to talk to your son's doctor about putting him down because the surgery (laughs) costs too much. You do that with the dog or the cat. You're like, well, it's going to cost four grand and we need a new heater this winter. So sorry, kitty cat. You're going bye-bye. That's true. We're taking you to a farm up north. See, I sometimes feel a little bit this way about my dog, but I was reminded this weekend he stole something off the counter. And when he does that, he goes under the table and hides. Your dog's normally like the coolest dog ever. He's the sweetest dog in the world. But if I go and try and take that steak that he just grabbed from his mouth, oh, he gives me a little... I'm reminded, okay, this is a dog. But your son does the same thing, Yeah, my kids do that too, so I don't know. You try to get the trail mix out of his mouth, and he's like... Give me that nut milk. Don't touch my nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your son's a very healthy eater. My daddy senses were going berserk the other day. My daughter called me. 
Your daddy senses? Yeah. What's that? Well, it's like when your kids say something, you're like, wait a second, background check. Oh, is it that thing in the back of your head, like when somebody touches the thermostat? That th- that type of okay. thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've told that story. My dad called me while I was sleeping in the middle of the night to see if when I was in the city, he's like, did you touch my thermostat? <laughs> <laughs> I know, woke you up. It's real, man, but you, you got to call. So to preface this, I named my daughter Liv Kanoa, which translates to live free. And she is such a... F- Living free. She sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Living in Montreal. She's in her second year university and... Uh, Art school. Art school, film school. And she makes the, the coolest films. Like she, she's, I, I don't know, she's kind of from another planet. She's just this free spirit, uh, crazy idea. She gets a lot of inspiration from the people around her. Yes. You could say. True. You could say. It's true. She thinks differently than a lot of people. So, so. you get a phone call. So I get a phone call. From your wonderful middle child, your yeah. only daughter. Yes. Edge, Edge, she was saying like, yeah, I just spent the night up on the mountain. They slept in sleeping bags up on the mountain. Around uh, a fire. In Montreal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With a group of nudists. Daddy senses activated. That there's anything wrong with nudists. But of course, I'm like, first of all, who are you with? How old are these people? And then she goes on and say, no, no, they're they're really nice. They all live together in a tree house. Of course they live in a tree house. Okay. You need need clothes to get a job. (laughs) So places won't hire you unless you have a shirt on. And, and oh, don't worry, Dad. They're really nice. They're circus people. Oh, of course. Of course. So, so this makes it better? They're circus people? Any group of people we can trust, <laughs> it's the carnies. No, it turns out they're just a group of artists. They all live together, and they actually are circus Oh, they're friends. artists. That explains she, everything. She went to some party, and they're, they're like, naked living in a tree in a French city. She of said, course they're artists. Dad, they're so cool. They swallow fire and stuff. Is this a real conversation? Yes. Did this happen? I'm not joking. And my wife and I were laughing so hard after thinking like, um, it just kept getting worse. Like, oh, it's okay. They're circus performers. Okay. <laughs> and then I was just waiting for her to say, and I feel really safe because they have guns. And one of them thinks they're the reincarnated Jesus. And Jesus would never hurt anybody. Get out. <laughs> it just sounded like a cult. But I did tell her, do not go over to that treehouse alone. Leave your clothes on. Sure? You can meet these people. But I don't know what the nudist thing was all about. But uh, yeah, she said they're comfortable with their bodies. Quebec is a whole other place. I guess so. Yeah, some of them are wearing brown face. It is oh. Quebec. It is Quebec. I see what you did That's there. That's topical humor. I had to cancel dinner last night. I spent a good hour at least making a roasted red pepper soup. And actually, it was more than an hour because I roasted the peppers over the weekend. I bought an entire box of peppers, threw them in the oven, slow roasted them, and I forgot about them. You left them in the oven. I turned the oven off and thought, well, I'll take them out in, in an hour or so. I'll let them kind of cool down. Because that's what you do with roasted red peppers because it makes the skin come off. I don't care. It's slowly I don't cooling care. down. Okay. Okay? Yeah, yeah. This was Friday night. I roasted them and didn't realize till, think, Sunday morning. The peppers still in the oven. And you can't just leave vegetables out. You can't just do that. I guess not. And I was sort of optimistic thinking, you know, well, I put them right in, I skinned them and then put them in the freezer. My kids are young and healthy. They're vaccinated. (laughs) They can handle some old peppers. So I made the whole soup. I made the red pepper puree. It was delicious. And I added all these cheeses. You committed. I committed. You committed to the peppers. To making this dish. 
And then I made the mistake just before I'm about to serve it. Googled how long roasted peppers could stay out. Yeah. And it was like two hours yeah. before bacteria starts to grow. And I'm thinking, man, they were there 48 <laughs> hours. Did you Google whether food poisoning's <laughs> a felony? <laughs> so if, if there's any health and safety experts out there, give us a call at 519-612-1049. I want some confirmation that I did the right thing of throwing the soup out. I would have figured if you boiled them in the soup, the bacteria would have gone away or at least not no. made your family sick anyways. That's not how it works. If you leave chicken out, after it's been cooked and then think, oh, I'll reheat it and kill the bacteria. No, that doesn't work. What if you boil the hell out of the chicken first? No. No, it doesn't work? It gets in there. It's it's rotten at that point. But what if I just want it really bad? Isn't that enough to make me not sick after eating the two-day-old chicken? Well, that's how I felt about the soup. I actually had a few bites of it. And it was really delicious. I really wanted it, but I didn't want to make anyone sick. Really, I did feel a little off, but I think it was psychological. But now we have to ask, is the soup still okay after spending two nights in the garbage? Yes. So that's what we got to find out now. No, it's Because you could still serve that soup to your kids if that's the case. It's just down re- the toilet now. Oh, just reboil it. Yeah. It's down the toilet. Damn you. I hate throwing out food. So you guys got Wendy's instead. Yeah. <laughs> Got a big extra. I no, did. that's McDonald's. I said, I'm sorry, guys. I've had to cancel dinner. Who wants Wendy's? I want a crispy chicken sandwich, Dad. Yeah. I can't let my kids win anymore because they don't want me to do that. They're old enough now. I used to let them almost win at golf. On to me after a while like, Dad, it's more annoying that you're letting me catch up. Stop letting me win, old man. He can tell. So yesterday, the tables were turned. I was playing basketball with my son. It was 14-8. We are going to 15. Hold on, 14-8 for who? For him. Okay. My son, the 16-year-old. Yeah, for the kid. So it was 14-8. He was one point away from winning the game. Yeah. And mysteriously, I went from 8 until 14, and it was tied up, thinking to myself, there's no way. Did you realize what was happening, or is he that good an actor? No. That he was fooling Dad into thinking he he had a chance against the young man. He was fake flubbing the ball, and it was kind of coming right toward me. I knew he was faking, but I just went with it, because it made him feel good that he was letting his dad feel better. (laughs) But not great, because Uh, he didn't let you win. And then as soon as I got to 14, within 30 seconds, he just took it up there and sank it, leading me on. How was your ego? It was smashed. But you weren't... Slam dunked. You didn't come up with any excuses (laughs) like, oh, my back, son. Oh, son, I pulled my back. (laughs) Oh, boy, boy, help Uh, me to the porch. Oh, help me. Oh, give me a nice cold lemonade, boy. I didn't do that. Kept it under wraps until now. Now I'm telling everyone about it. You just swallowed your youth and you realized, hey, the future is young. I was playing pretty good, though. I was sinking the shots. At least I was getting them in the basket. You can't fake that. How good are you, though? Because you invited me over to your house for Mario Kart a little while ago. It was around the time the Raptors were in the playoffs. Oh, and I, I was you, terrible. You called me over for Mario Kart, a game I haven't played in a decade. Mm-hmm. Especially you have it on GameCube. You have it on the OG GameCube. I, I haven't played GameCube, that version of Mario Kart, in well over a decade. And I kicked your ass. Well... In my defense, I'd had a couple beers. Is that drunk driving when you're playing Mario Kart after a couple beers? It is. OPP, you're going to have to come arrest Matt. So he just admitted of, on the air to drunk playing Mario Kart. I was kind of all over the road there. So, you, I don't know. I'm curious to know how good your family is at basketball. I just want to know if I can beat you is what I'm really oh, asking. okay. It's on. We got to play some hoop. Tonight. We'll, we'll go to the gym. We'll go to the Y. Let's play some hoop. While the Y people are playing pickleball, we'll be on the other side of the court playing hoop. They're looking for a new wee willy. Wyerton Willie, the groundhog up in Wyerton. That huge rat that predicts the weather every year <laughs> that for some reason we still give news coverage to. You can get some money too. $1,000. 
if you can give them an albino groundhog. They only have one on the go right now, and they can't risk what happened in 1999 when they found the only one they had dead. They couldn't find one quick. They brought him out in a coffin. Remember that? Kids were crying. It was a mess. Then in 2003, the main groundhog killed the two understudies. Do you remember Holy that? Cr- so there no. Was, there was that drama. Homicide. The other two. Oh my, double yeah. homicide, dude. They do not need another scandal. They need an understudy. So if you're tight for cash, but you got a white groundhog living under your shed, snag up that groundhog and yeah. take it up to Wyerton. One in 10,000 groundhogs are albino. We got 10,000 groundhogs in Huron County. There's got to be one laying around somewhere. Wyerton Willie needs an understudy. Willing to pay you a thousand bucks if you can find a white groundhog. One idea, maybe you catch one of those white squirrels in Exeter, right? They're all over the place. Fatten it up. You feed it KFC for a month, get it nice and fat. They're not going to be able to tell. Maybe you lay out some groundhog food. But if you want to attract the white groundhogs, just don't season the food with salt or pepper. White groundhogs hate seasoning. Or similarly, take a ghetto blaster out to the field where the groundhogs live. Blast Ted Nugent or Air Supply, something like that. White groundhogs love air supply. They love it. Give a regular groundhog a Culbert's cream puff. It'll just get white sugar all over. You can't tell the difference. National Toy Hall of Fame has announced its 2019 nominees. Did you know they had a Hall of Fame? For toys? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, radio jocks do this story around this time every year. That's there's true. nothing else to talk about. I know. Yeah. September. So the list includes old favorites like The Top. Okay. You, you, the spinny thing. Like that was inducted this year? These are the nominees. Oh, nominees. Okay. The Top. Coloring books. Okay. No, coloring <laughs> books have kind of transcended what they used to be lately because a lot of adults like their adult coloring books. There's something calming about it. I think adults like it, but I don't think kids get it anymore. Have you, you have you, you given a kid a coloring book recently? You set down a coloring page and where's the bu- where's the buttons? No, no. I give you the crayons. They're made of wax. You yeah. fill in the colors. You fill it in with those like colored candles. So like huh? I, I draw on my mom's iPad. Is that what I, I do? I don't understand. No, they don't no, get no. it. No, no, you you draw the you draw on paper. Well, why wouldn't they just color it in the first place? Paper is like a single iPad screen before you hit the home button. You color it. It's work. And then how do I reset it? I want to go back. You can't. Where's the undo button? <laughs> Control Z. Matchbox cars. Hot Wheels, more or less. Well deserved. And the Fisher Price corn popper. What? You know that thing that the kids push around? It goes pop, pop. No, annoying to have in the house if you're a parent. Okay. And it looks like gumballs inside. Yeah. Uh, and I always tried to break it open to get the gum. Is that what that's called? A corn popper? Corn popper. I used to love playing with that. And the smartphone. That's the surprise of the year. A, is, is that a toy? What's their What's their reason? Well, it's because there's games on it. Okay. Multiple it's games. It's not really a toy. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I would never let a child touch my phone, though. Thing costs like two grand. Kids have phones now. They let kids they, have they phones? They get the parents' old phones. Parents upgrade every year, and then the kids get the lesser version. And then that phone is broken. Which is still better than my current version. The phone is, the screen's destroyed (laughs) within three hours. Yeah. I'm guessing, yeah. But otherwise it's just sitting there doing nothing. So fair enough. It's a risk you can take. You know what? I've seen a bunch of kids with like old iPhone 4s. That's why. It's mom's old phone. It's the parents' old phone. I see. They're not buying those kids' phones. Okay. It all, it's all coming together now. We all know the disaster 
that ensues when you go grocery shopping while you're hungry. Yeah, dude. I always get home, I got bags full of like things that aren't even related to each other that I can't make a meal out of pork chops and Oreo crumbs. Doritos and mayonnaise? Why the hell did I get this? What do I do with this? But apparently this goes beyond grocery shopping. Making big decisions on an empty stomach. A new study shows this. Point being that if you're going to a job interview or if you're making a big important decision in life, sometimes it'd be good to just stop and eat something first. Is that why Justin Trudeau maybe dressed up in brown face? He does look hungry in that photo. Do you think he's hungry? I wonder. You think he was hungry when he made that decision to paint his whole body brown and dress up as Aladdin? He must have had an empty stomach. He must have been starving. Because that was a really bad decision. Hearing a lot about the dangers of vaping. Lately, a bunch of kids have died. Six kids have died of vaping so far. It was linked to vaping in the States. Okay. Yeah, and there's also a danger of looking like a tool when you vape. Yeah, it doesn't look cool, man. It doesn't really. Like, health effects aside, Mm. like, let's not talk about it. It looks dumb. So now vapors are coming forward and saying that they're trying to cut down on their nicotine. They're getting off the vaping because they have said that I'm actually more addicted to nicotine now that I started vaping. So they're going back to cigarettes. Yes. So that's the cure for vaping now, going back to cigarettes. You want to look cool, you smoke (laughs) cigarettes. For goodness sake, this thing's come full circle. And Juul, who owns 75% of the e-cigarette market, you know, they first pitched it and let this became legal because they pitched it as a, a cure for smoking. It's a way to get off the cigarettes. I do know people who vaped and stopped smoking altogether and they stopped vaping. Too. So they it did work off. for some people, yeah. but a lot of people, they ended up being coming more addicted to nicotine. Well, it tastes like cotton candy now. I know, because it was like delicious for you, right? And you, they put the nicotine in there. So this whole thing is just completely backfired. I don't know how it ever became legal in the first place. Getting a new generation of kids hooked on nicotine. Oh, for goodness sake. But have no. you tried it, Matthew? It's delicious. Is it? I I vape for a little while. I just go straight for the real thing, cotton candy. Matt just likes to shove the tobacco in between his gum and his cheek. No, I just, just go for cotton candy. Just chew it all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but going to the cigarettes after vaping, it's like saying, you know what? I'm going to stop eating Taco Bell. I'm going to go to KFC. Because chicken's good for you. Chicken's good for you. Yeah. That's why everybody in Wingham looks so good. Being called the most expensive pint of beer ever sold. Pabst Gold Ribbon? No, it was $100,000, but it was by accident. Guy, he didn't have his glasses on. Something was going on wonky with the pay machine. After the fact, he realized he had paid $100,000 for a beer. Manager realized really quickly, we've made a mistake and assured him that, oh, we'll talk to the bank and make sure this is dealt with. He woke up the next morning and there was a hundred grand missing from his bank account. He had $100,000 in his bank account? Missing. It wouldn't even try and process on my bank account. boxing glove would come out of your phone and <laughs> punch you in the face if you tried the that. The debit machine would explode. A tractor trailer loaded up with 40,000 pounds of rotten potatoes had to have a police escort to the landfill. You you told me this morning that rotten potatoes can be really toxic. Oh, completely toxic. You can die. I recall a story like back in 2013 or so. There was uh, this one family. They, they were all killed from rotting potatoes in their basement. You the, made that up. No, the fumes they came up into the house and they, they died. <laughs> Apparently, they released something as they're decomposing. Is this one of those old wives' tales where it's like, if you use expired makeup, your eyelids fall off? You know what? I was looking for the signal star from last week because they had a whole page of when and when you can't eat vegetables. Okay. If you saw that in the paper last week, they were talking about this too.
can't eat the green potatoes. If it's in the signal star, it must be true. That's right. So they got an escort right to the dump. And uh, once they're at the landfill, they had to have like the full masks on and everything. The guys, like the Ghostbusters, like getting the rid full of the Breaking Bad outfit. Yeah, to get rid of these potatoes. So it's serious business. Oh my goodness! And the truck driver said it was the first time he ever got a police escort to the dump. Okay. Yeah. So potatoes can kill you. It's not just my mother-in-law's cooking. Oh, I'm oh. not married. That joke doesn't make sense. You did go to a, a potluck though. I went to a potluck and a you little got while sick. ago. Yeah, and I got sick. I don't know if you, you don't want to talk about that. Probably. Uh, it was it was my girlfriend's family's reunion, and there's like you know forty people, fifty people. Yeah. Uh, about a third of them got what I suspect was norovirus. Oh no! So don't eat rotten tomatoes, and be careful at family reunion potlucks, especially the potato salad, especially <laughs> the rotten potato salad. <laughs> Can you imagine saving up your dollars for that trip to Ireland? You just can't wait to go and you're finally on the plane heading there and the pilot spills his coffee and they have to land the plane somewhere else. All over the instruments in the cockpit. You you got your bed and breakfast all booked and you have to delay your plans just for spilling a coffee. Someone gave him a coffee without a lid on it and spilled onto the control panel. Everything started to smoke and burn and... Almost like the plane could have went down in the ocean as a result of this. Where did they have to land? If they were going to land in Ireland, but they had to land in like uh, London, England, like that's whatever. Yeah. But if you're if you're going somewhere exotic, like if you're going to France and you got to land in like Wingham, <laughs> like <laughs> I'd be, I'd be pretty disappointed. And that's kind of a tough message you got to deliver. We've had some issues with our instruments here in the cockpit. We're going to be landing in beautiful Blue Vale, Ontario. Also, uh, we're out of coffee. Also, don't drink the coffee. <laughs> What's a pilot's favorite part of the coffee? The grounds. <laughs> That's a little airline humor for you. <laughs> so be careful with your coffee in the morning. That was pretty good. I like that joke. Did you like that joke? I do. I you, made that up on the spot. You know I like those dad jokes. I know you do. It was a bad joke. I'm like, you know who would like this joke? Matthew Hussey. The Country 104.9 Mornings with Matt and Fatty Podcast.